Mr. Steven Sayers. I'm arresting you on suspicion of armed robbery. You do not have to say anything. But anything you do say may be used in evidence against you. I shall be moving on soon. So I want to ask you a favor. Name it. Don't make the same mistake that me and my brothers have done. And if you try, they'll throw away the key. to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. It is the three amigos, the perfect way to kickstart your blading races and Sam Fender weekend uh, this weekend. And uh, don't forget Pink down at the, uh, the home of the unwashed. It's a good evening to George, good evening to Mitch, and a good evening to Steve. Hey, Steve. Good evening, lads. Evening, Steve. Evening, Steve. Good to see you. And, evening. Uh, as always, Happy 9th of June. Happy 9th of June. Plenty to talk to you all about tonight. Um, where do we start on this 90-minute uh, show tonight? Well, uh, let's start with the unveiling of the new strip. Uh, probably the worst kept secret in uh, football in terms of uh, strip releases. Uh, the leak this week proven to be correct. And uh, a rather nifty-looking number, George, uh, with the new sponsor confirmed and uh, the club uh, going out yeah. uh, with uh, a statement today on you know on the platform, but also you know an email that was sent out to uh, to all Newcastle United season ticket holders and uh, members, basically saying that uh, Newcastle United is delighted to announce a new multi-year front of shirt partnership with Sela, a pioneering destination and experience organisation. After achieving a fourth place finish in the 2022-2023 Premier League season. Newcastle United will proudly showcase Sela at front and centre of its iconic shirts as the club embarks on upon a long-awaited return to the UEFA Champions League in 23-24 campaign. The agreement between the two rapidly growing organisations will see them uniting at an exciting stage in their respective journeys with Sela, the driving force behind a wide range of spectacular events, iconic destinations and attractions in the Middle East becoming Newcastle United's front of shirt uh, partner. So there we go. Uh, it's announced now, George. What's your thoughts on the, the arrival of Sela as the uh, new front of shirt partner and the new strip? Well, after listening to the 
chief executive or whoever it is making his statement today, it couldn't be better, could it? He's uh, he's done done his homework and uh, um, saying all the right things, and I, and I think it's just fantastic. Uh, yeah, the, the money's uh, coming in is is great, but uh, it's a good design. They've obviously thought about it, and uh, it's a shirt certainly. I I, I think is brilliant. It's uh, the throwback to the V-necks, not a bad idea, and and, and the, the the little lines around the, the cuffs of the sleeves, absolutely great. Um, it looks up fantastic for me. And as I say, that the, they're all saying the right things for Newcastle and for Newcastle fans, and uh, look forward to seeing the lads going out in it uh, next season, and uh, can't wait. And uh, well, I like it so much, I, I don't mind admitting that uh, if I get close enough to shop, I might even buy one. But uh, we'll see. Um, but I, but I do like it. It's it, it's a good one. And 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 uh, as I said, all saying nice, right things for me. Uh, at this stage of the season, at this stage of our development, and the uh, the way that the CEO was uh, uh, praising how the, the link with the club would go with them and all the rest. Of it. No, I think it, it's super, Steve. That's all I can say. I think it's a fantastic thing, and um, and I think that the launch was was good as well. Bit of a throwback to the uh, the nineteen eighties as well with the uh, the collars and cuffs, George. Uh, the old shirt worn by Gaza. Abs- Absolutely, and I, and I and I like that. I think that that was a shirt that I, I liked. Um, it, actually, it, it goes even further back than, than that for me because if you go back to uh, uh, the Charlie Mitten shirts that I wore, they had a V neck as well. Um, so it's it's yeah, that that that's a style I like particularly. Uh, and uh, I have a feeling that when, well, at least from my uh, feeling, is that the players will like it. I don't think players. Uh, all uh, particularly like faffing about with collars and things like that. The the the, the V necks just sits nicely when you're playing and doesn't get in the way. And uh, so I think I think that side of it's a good good positive move and uh, a one that uh, people who've been around a while will recognise and, and admire. I think. I think another thing, Mitch, um, is Darren Eels, uh, in his uh, statement that was issued with this press release, said, uh, we're delighted to welcome Sealer as our new front of share partner. The partnership follows a highly competitive commercial process, and we believe we found the perfect front of share partner to support us in reaching our objectives on and off the pitch. We team up at an exciting time in the history of both organisations, given both share an ambitious vision to expand their brands globally. Fan engagement is central to what we do at Newcastle United. And in Sela, we are partnering with partnering with an organisation with shared interests that's delivered incredible events and experiences to millions of people over many years. This is the interesting bit. Closer to home, we will work closely on the design and operation of a new fan zone area at St James's Park, taking inspiration from Sela's incredible properties elsewhere so a fan zone something we've um, talked about on the show um is is now certainly within uh newcastle united sites and let's let's see how how that developed mitch Excited and, and if it's anything like the seal of development that steve and i have been in which is uh, when we were crossing riyadh Stu took us to the riyadh boulevard development which is one of sailors um and if it's anything like that it'll be spectacular if you have a dig through my Twitter from when we were crossing Riyadh, you'll see me put some video dancing fountains and various uh, 
things like that from a, an area in Riyadh known as the Boulevard where there's a fun fair and there's a um, there's a shopping area and there's attractions associated there with it. In fact, they've, all, they've actually had um, a football area where either side of the football area on one side was a um, Al Hilal Cafe, and on the other side was a uh, Al Nasser Cafe, which is the team that Ronaldo's gone to. And so, the, 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 there's no doubt they, they know how to do sports venues. They know how to do attractions. They do attractions all over the Middle East, not just in Saudi. Now they're, they're signing deals outside of Saudi. Um, and, and I think it, if you look at how we wish to grow and how we need to grow, it does make sense in terms of a partnership. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think it's evident now that the leak about who would win the battle for the front of the shirt eventually uh, was quite clearly leaked by the Premier League to cause a little bit of mischief and cause a little bit of chit-chat. Um, but it obviously had already been passed by then. And so um, it shows, again, how... Uh, whilst we can still play by the rules we'll still get kicked up the ass by certain people even when we do play by the rules and so um, I think the club are going to be developing a thick skin quite quickly and I think so should we as a fan base as well damn the torpedoes will go on and do it our way thank you very much mm. And uh, we've mentioned this before uh, on, on, a, on a previous show this week uh, but now it's confirmed the strip is out there, Mitch. What's your what's your marks out of ten for this one? Because you are a bit of a, a strip connoisseur, mate. I'm on an eight and a half at the minute. I want to see it in the flesh, but I'm on, a, on an eight and a half. And I'm say this quietly: I don't mind the white socks at all. Mm. Okay, then we go. They're just socks. They're they're, they're not going to be the decider whether we win a trophy or not. They're not going to be the decider of whether we're successful or not. It, it comes back to our mindset as fans. Chuck some of the shite out the window and just embrace it and enjoy it. Okay, Steve, your take on uh, the uh, the strip and the new sponsorship deal? I, I think uh, George is absolutely spot on when he said that it's a throwback to the, 70, the 60s. I've got one there. You see that one there, folks? Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Was, that's the 1960-61 season shirt. Fantastic. And the similarities is fantastic. That's the Charlie Mitten yeah. one that you're talking about, the John McGrath. That's the Brings back memories, I'm sure, George. Um, well, last last season I played that. That's that's what I wore, and uh, exactly. I think I've yep. said on here before. I like it. Neil says he likes the white socks. I don't mind the white socks either. But I tell you what, the socks that went with that strip were murdered away because they, <laughs> they had stripes on the top, and they didn't have the technology to do it all in one. So they got the bottom of the sock made, then they made the stripes, and then they stitched the two together. So <laughs> no matter how you tried. Once you folded the sock over, you had this bloody ridge of rubbish around your leg that always <laughs> left a mark when you came off. But that's the strip, Steve. Yeah. 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 I think I think it looks I think it looks fantastic. I like the yes. the fact that you've got a little bit of colour there with the yellow. And I can't wait to see the Champions League patch on the other sleeve. Uh, I think Absolutely. that's what we're all waiting for, isn't Absolutely. it? You know, you have the Premier League patch, but we'll we'll have the Champions League patch as well. Um, which will be which will look fantastic in the black and white. Um, I think it's a, a really good good shirt. I'm looking forward to seeing what they if they can produce that for a for a first team uh, home kit. I wonder what the uh, the second and third kits will look like. Um, 
equally as good, I'm sure, and uh, equally historic. But uh, great to see, and, and Mitch is absolutely right. You know, in terms of the sponsor, yeah, we, we've we've experienced the uh, the Boulevard in in Riyadh. If obviously few people will have been, but if anyone's been to uh, to the village in in Dubai as well, Neil, um, and seen what what they do there. Um, where they got kind of their inspiration, but did it differently. So they can go away, they can look at places, and then they can do something different. Very modern, very striking, um, very family-orientated as well. Uh, I think that's the key. Um, so all in all, absolutely delighted. I think the strip looks great. And I think of, of all the strips we've had over the last few years, I think that's the one that, that so far I would say I would go out and buy. Um, the others, yeah, either pick them up um, towards the back end of the season in a sale, um, just because you want to get your hands on one, because you know that that you know it's part of a collection, but uh, never been a one for going out on the first day since since way way back. But uh, this is a one that you know potentially I would queue up and and, and pick up tomorrow, um, because it looks so good. What do you what, what do you make of the fan zone idea, Steve? We've talked about it for for a long time uh, on here, you know, since since the takeover went through. To to be honest, and um, I mean, do, do you think it's going to be something? external something internal you know i mean externally we see what they do at wolves it's just you know that's utilizing some part of the stadium around the ground and you know you know putting on live music and uh, a legend is is that the kind of thing that we might expect or do you think it'll be something a little bit different i think could quite possibly be something like that i'm in manchester city another ground where they do that where they have the big staging area outside and have bars and and areas to eat germany you go to germany and most of the clubs have exactly the same a little fan zone, and and they also have areas that are specific to certain sections of fans as well that attract certain groups, um, which is very very interesting when you go over there to the continent. Um, I think it's I think it, what they're looking to try and do possibly, and obviously they're saying in consultation with fans. I don't know what the fans ex, most fans expectations will be, um, because Newcastle is unique, and I, I'm sure that they've they've twigged on to the fact that we've got what over a hundred pubs within less than a square mile of the ground. So there's plenty of places to go and eat. There's plenty of places to entertain yourself before a game and have we all have done traditionally. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how the club hooks on and provides something. I think it'll probably be more family-orientated. Um, Mitch mentioned that what, what we saw uh, in the boulevard areas where you know the kids are taking penalty shootouts and there's little five-a-side games taking place and there was archery. We had it, we had it before the game. At, um, in, in Riyadh as well, there was a little... A very very small uh, family area where you could go in and you could take pot shots and you know there was there was archery and all sorts of uh, weird and wonderful little bits of entertainment. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they linked up with one of the uh, one of the EA companies, you know, the electronics, and uh, and did something with uh, EA games and that type of thing. Well, and don't we have a don't we have a Saudi gaming partner? We do, and, and if you remember, right. that was something we talked about, and and when we put things forward, but four year ago, and we said, you know, one of the things that, you know, get into the coffee, the coffee uh, era in in Dubai, in, in in Riyadh, and get the EA games and get the kids. Obviously, we were looking at it from the the fact that uh, it was family orientated and no alcohol and that type of thing, and you wanted to bring the youngsters in, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was there was areas like that. They have. They have that type of thing in uh, in the foundation in up in in the, the foundation building where kids go in the evenings and play. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they did something that you know give uh, give families the opportunity to come in and, and do that type oh, of stuff in food areas as well. So 
Some falconry, like some sort of mad version of Kiss. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Can you imagine it? Yeah. Right. Well, you always I come up with something mental, uh, Mitch. That would resolve the engine problem, wouldn't I, it? I, I know that I know where they could get a couple of deal. I was in Burnside this morning, and they've got mm. a couple of falcons wandering around the school to keep the seagulls away. Yeah. <laughs> um, seagulls and the falcons. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yes, that's right. Uh, Daniel, the headmaster, is talking about having a Michael Carrick strip on the wall with a Burris strip on us. I said, if you do that, I'll not come back. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, um, the fan zone. We could learn something from how the rugby league people use that area now when they have the magic yeah. weekend. Steve's seen it because he's on the food bank. They they shut that off and, and the, the, they have tables out on the street uh, away, just away from the bar and the all sorts of things happening in that area, which doesn't happen at the football. Is that right, Steve? It, it, it is, yeah. Yep, it's a much, right. They use it much more cleverly than we do for football. But yep. it, fan zone, brilliant, brilliant. If it's anything like the stuff I've seen with Neil in Dubai, for example, that the lads have been talking about. Fantastic. It'll only be good. It's the only way to describe it. It'll only be good. All right. We've, uh, as always, got a couple of questions coming in for, for Mitch. Ian uh, says... Uh, What's the multi-deal partnership worth in cash and also operations going forward as I feel the cash in the deal could be trebled in worth with the added value of their services? You put it this way, I suspect whatever's, whatever's listed up front is the bottom line cash. Uh, trebling, it's probably not a bad way to go once you factor other things in. Um, there's absolutely no way we're playing all our cards in public here. Everything's staying close to the chest. We're not discussing... The, the ins and outs of certain financial deals to the nth degree, so everybody knows what we've got to spend every transfer window. So yes, um, I think the the joint operations in the Middle East will bring in, would double it at least, if not treble it. And Tom uh, Wilson says, uh, all right, Steve, all right, lads, with uh, Sela, our new main shirt sponsorship, does that open the door for a Ramco to sponsor us? I think it's, it's, it's the way it's worded, I guess, yeah. is it's, it's confusing for people. That that's always been open. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this, it, because you're talking about associated companies, and that's the thing that was always the concern was if if PIF wanted you to have another PIF owned company be an associated sponsor, how would that go down uh, with the Premier League? Well, it passed, and noon passed. And Noon's fifty percent owned by PAF, so I, 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 um, for all like I say, it sounds to me like we're gonna we're gonna get some shit for doing things by the rules, as well as doing things not by the rules. So damn the torpedoes! We'll just go ahead and do what we want. Yeah, it's a new T-shirt, uh, John Justice think... Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the key to it as well, Mitch, is that um, the, the the Premier League made made this thing about about the value. And about yep. not pushing too far, and there's no reason why, like you say, you, you know, you look at the, you look at the deal, twenty five million here, eight million there. There's no reason why Ramco can't come in and and sponsor a training ground or um, sponsor an area of the, of, of the stadium itself. And and you know, there's no reason why it can't be another thirty, forty, fifty million pound a year um, on deals like that. Because again, it's how it's how the deal's structured. Um, yep. And there's no question, as you said, that the the leaks came from one end purely. I would say, 
to justify the Premier League's position in saying, yes, look at that, we've looked at that, we've done our investigation, we're happy with it, and it's very much them covering their own backs in terms of what's been going on in the past, and it's them... It's it's their way of being out there, showing that they're doing something. That's that's the way I looked at it, um, yeah. and it's it, whether it's right or not, it doesn't really matter to us because, uh, as was stated again, I think in in the last couple of days, Newcastle United will do it the right way. There was an interview yeah. with Jamie Rubin where he actually said that we're going to do it, we're going to play by the rules. But the thing is, I don't think the Premier League even understand what the rules are at the moment. <laughs> well. No. Look! Look at what Arsenal get for the Emirates for yeah. the name of the stadium. I mean, you know uh, how the, how how they're going to try and knock something back that uh, that's nothing near as much as that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keith says it'll be a good seller. <laughs> Very good, Keith. Yeah. Not the first person who's done that tonight. And uh, interesting comment here uh, as well from Emmett. He says, uh, I think Sealer are involved in WWE yes. shows in Saudi. Says, Could we see events such as WWE coming to St. James's Park? How about Steve Bruce versus Mike Ashley, lads? <laughs> don't know. Is there a ring that could handle that? <laughs> might have to be like a might have to be like a sumo. I was uh, going to say that sumo, that Steve, not WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're Sloggers. also involved in the boxing. They're involved in all sorts of, of yeah. entertainment over in in the Middle East, in the MENA area. So uh, you know, it's, it, the, the world's oyster in terms of what what seller might bring. Sila, Sala, whatever we want to call them. Um, I think that's another thing that we're gonna we're gonna probably spend the next three months. Um, where it's going to be Sela, it's going to be Salah. We're going to have all sorts of pronunciations and we're going to end up having to get one of them on, on the show and say, what is it really? I think that's what we're going to end up with. We need, we need, this, we need this bedded down as quick as we can. How do you pronounce it? <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. I think, the, I think the chief executive said Salah on, on lunchtime. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Good evening, Keith. Can you hear us now? Yeah, I had the noise Good. turned off. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you. Uh, welcome in. Just a uh, quick one from you, just on on the new shirt, first and foremost, and uh, the uh, the worst kept secret in in Newcastle United terms, the, the new sponsor that's uh, coming in, the new front of shirt sponsor. I think it's awesome. I think it's probably nice. I mean, it, it reminds us of the Kagan shirt, but um, I think it's the best shirt we've had for years. I think it's that nice. I think Sunderland people will buy it. I think. All, <laughs> I, think I think. I, think all, I mean, it's it's, it's a gorgeous top. Um, I've just been on the quayside, and um, people down there. There's, there's, there's more. I've never seen as many black and white tops as a non Newcastle game. You know what I mean? At an event, so everybody seems to go to the concert when the shirts. But uh, everybody's talking about this, and on sale at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, the sponsor that we said it would be seller, and, and it, it just, I mean, it just holds out great. The only, the only thing I don't get is amongst that and the prize money we got for winning the league, and then you know, everything else that's coming in, sponsorships, everything, is this 75 million. Oh, we're going to come to that. We're going to oh. come to that after the tweet of the week, mate. So you haven't missed that. Don't worry about that. We're going to come to it. But you like the shirt. You're happy with no, the sponsorship. It's, yeah, it's, it's a nice shirt. It's, it's the best one I think the story's put out. And let's just hope that they can get that together and deliver it this time. Fantastic. All right. Uh, we are 25 minutes in. We've only got an hour and a half tonight. Sam Fender's on. Appreciate most people are uh, either going to that or will be standing at the back door listening to it. So uh, we have now got Tweet of the Week. And as always, Stephen Kennedy's been busy. Uh, he's, a, he's, he's a bit like a roving reporter in Sunderland for 
uh, uh, Stephen. Uh, Heatwave in Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't one in Newcastle, that's for certain. Uh, meanwhile, in Roga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Stephen. And uh, he says, Sunderland are happy to announce the third reprint of the Stadium Elite director of catering's latest cookery book. Nothing new here. They've been serving up poo at the stadium for years. That's how it got its name. Cooking with poo. <laughs> and, oh, classic. And uh, this one from Susan Atkinson. Dear Jeremy Kyle, I'm 16 and pregnant with my boyfriend who is 25 years older than me. He's married with five kids. He smokes cannabis and he's an alcoholic. He carries a gun and has just got out of prison for armed robbery. How do I tell my parents he's a Sunderland fan? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Susan. Uh, I've heard so many jokes, says Stephen Kennedy, about the Scallies in Liverpool nicking everything and anything. But in Monk Weirmouth today, well, it seems they're just as bad in Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> With the wheels off the shopping trolley. And uh, Henderson sent me this one on Instagram. He said, my dad said he'd buy a new car every time Spurs won a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, West Ham, of course, in the news for winning the uh, the cup this week, but also for a bit of bother on the streets. Never yeah. forget this, says Lee. Yeah, that <laughs> infamous infamous pose from that guy in the pink shirt, DMAO, against Newcastle United back in the day. Uh, I think it's just perspective, says Simon. He, he's closer to the camera than the little fella behind him and much closer than the tiny one in white. David Moyes is massive. <laughs> Good one, that side. And... Uh, as for the as for the bottle that hit the the, uh, the Florentina player, James Corden threw it. I saw a lot of people saying that yes. uh, on Twitter. <laughs> Get him out. Get him out. Uh, David De Gea taking the knee 15 seconds after the kickoff in the FA Cup final last weekend. Massive respect. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and Sancho runs like he's got his phone in his pocket, said this Manchester United fan. <laughs> Not very happy, I don't think. Uh, time is absolute, said Isaac Newton. Time is relative, said Albert Einstein. Time wasting will be invented by Eddie Howe's mags in 2022, said Carl Marx. <laughs> and Elton John bumped into the Manchester City players at the airport. Ed said it was Rocket Monk. <laughs> Very good, Ed. Very good. And the worst carry on film ever carry on flight bag. Didn't even have Sid James in it. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have been in the bag. <laughs> Phil Schofield's been in the news. Anyone noticed? He's broken and ashamed, but he's not a matter, said Phil <laughs> in his last interview. Oh, dear. Uh, tattoo cover-ups. Some horrendous ones. Uh, me mate sent me this on WhatsApp. Hi, mate. Hope all is well. Me mate got a cover-up with a tune badge. It's the best thing. Can you ever? Can you share it round, please? That is horrendous. <laughs> yeah, me. Christ. Honestly, yeah. Chris, honestly, that is horrendous, mate. Um, this one, uh, Steve Bruce spotted on Holiday in Ireland, says Stephen Kennedy. You can't miss his private number plate. <laughs> Egypt. Egypt. <laughs> and when you've lied on your resume about having previous sheepdog experience. <laughs> <laughs> Winner of the best business name in Enverness goes to Shifters Waste Management. Septic tank emptying. That is great. And here's Dolly Parton's bus walking 925. Oh, very good. Very good. Happy birthday, Grandma, said this texter. Thank you. You remembered. 69 today. (laughs) I should be so lucky. Granddad's put his back out. 
Oh, and Danielle Raymond says, uh, I applied the hemorrhoid cream that you gave me this morning. I got a very nasty reaction. Where exactly did you uh, apply it? On the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet of the week from Jimmy. Uh, is this a real cold? Is this just allergies? Oh, Caught dear. in a landslide of a pollen falling off the trees. Open your eyes. Look up to the skies and sneeze. I'm out of Kleenex. Need antihistamines. Because my stopped up nose kind of blow. Fever's high, then it's low. Anyway, the wind blows. It's always full of pollen for me. For me. How was that, lads? Uh, fantastic. Fantastic, Steve. I think maybe Julie will enjoy that one to tune yeah. in. Um, my eyes, eyes are streaming at that. Yeah, mate. <laughs> he also sent this. He said, I don't know what this sign means. And at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to wake up with you uh, the rest of my life, said this DM. I get up at 5 a.m., said the woman. Never mind. <laughs> uh, this one, you need to uh, open your eyes a little bit. Uh, what is this actual award for? Uh, yes. I, mm. I think that's all we need to say. Um, yes. Thank you for that one, though, Jimmy. Uh, either someone smoking pot or it's a, or it's skunk. Oh. <laughs> and another one from Jimmy. My wife and kids are upset because I put ginger in their curry. They love that cat. again. Yes, Tata Russell. I'm still sanding, says Elton John. Very good. I like that. And Tories unveil a new election slogan. Jacob Rees-Mogg said, who wants to be cold and poor? Only <laughs> <laughs> true, guy. Uh, oh, no, our neighbours died. Hooray. I don't think cheering's appropriate, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> and via the lady in Primark who just served me. Yeah, a woman chucked some underwear at a lad that works here when he told her that you can't return pants. Everyone now calls him Tom Jones. <laughs> 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 This one's been sent many times before, but I don't mind reading it out again. Uh, Miguel Delaney is possibly the stupidest man to think he's never wrong. Who then replied, please point out to me where I've been wrong, James. This should be good. Aaron then replies, he's called Dave. So jot that down for one. <laughs> <laughs> and another tweet of the week. Uh, when you take your daughters fishing in Florida and they catch their first cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in a shocking development, says Ian, statues around the world are now fighting back. That's hilarious, that. Classic, that. Sorry Brilliant. it took us a while to put that one up, and I lost it. Uh, I'm going to pray like mum. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't stop. Oh, God. Jesus. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dougie. And breaking news, I can reel tonight. The PIF have bought the crazy golf at Seahouses, Northumberland, for two bags of chips in a 99 cone. It will be the new venue for the next Ryder Cup and also the Pro-Am match. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, where Rory will be playing <laughs> Stephen Kennedy This is a little bit too close to the bone But I will read it out uh, Apologies to anyone at the fans Urgent to all ginger birds Don't have a Brazilian It looks like a fish finger oh. <laughs> And uh, most relevant uh, This one was a classic I actually lent a girl an umbrella yesterday Which makes uh, takes the total number of girls I've made wet this year to minus one <laughs> <laughs> And there's a bounty on his head. Who? The man caught on CCTV stealing 144 bars of chocolate. That's who. Oh, very good. 
And uh, contrary to rumours, Stuart Penman, this is categorically not me. Uh, this was when uh, there was a police manhunt for a fat naked man with a small penis. <laughs> <laughs> Stu asked Mitch who'd posted his bill uh, My first day in a drug cartel Says Aaron Shack. Kinping Where's the coke? Me Is Pepsi okay? <laughs> Later Police This is the most bullet holes We've ever seen in a single body <laughs> And Top two Excited to see VAR work At Luton Town next season Says Reeve On-field referee Walking into the living room Of one of the houses On Kenilworth Road And rewinding the incident On Sky Pulse <laughs> And the winner of, winner of Tweet of the Week this week is this one. Uh, now I know which is front door and which is back door. <laughs> so Very good. Thanks for all of those tweets. Keep them coming. Zara, as usual, thank you very much for sending your selection. Okay, George. Uh, Craig Hope... Put the cat amongst the pigeons today, and uh, Keith's, all, Keith's already referred to it. Uh, £75 million budget Newcastle have got to spend this summer. Um, just put people's minds at rest, lads, will you? George, start with you. Well, all, all people need to know is that Craig Hope didn't pass his GC, GCSE maths, because <laughs> even, even with half an eye uh, that I've got, when you look at the, the, the deals we've already got coming in, all all. The money for for our position in the league, uh, money for other things in, in, in terms of playing, money off the shirt sponsor, money off other sponsors. We're already well past seventy five million pounds. So how we can write a piece like that, I do not know. It just is ridiculous, and uh, I I'm, I'm prepared to prepared to risk looking silly. But if we spend less than two hundred million this this window, I'll be very surprised. That's how confident I am. Yeah, Steve, I mean, 75 million, mate. Honestly, I know we've done this before, but it, it's, you know, where, where this kind of thing's been put out. And then Newcastle going, you know, take it, for instance, Isaac. You know, we went and spent 60-odd million pound on Isaac in the, in the January transfer window. It's, it, it, I don't know, it's just crazy. And of course, it sends, unfortunately, some of the fan base into a complete meltdown. Yeah, I mean, what we're talking about, £75 million in total, um, or we're talking about £75 million when you that's your spend for the year and you've given people five-year contracts and you're paying clubs, you know, over four or five years, so you're paying them on the tick. I mean, I, I, I sent a thing to you guys straight away that said, well, that works out for me potentially as... Five players at seventy-five million, three hundred and fifty million pound spread over five years. There's your seventy-five million pounds spent, because you're not going to you're not going to hand over the full amount of your transfer money in one go. You know, so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna pay something this year, something next year, something the year after. That's the way that it rolls forward. You know, you're gonna have you're gonna have outgoings as well. Um, You've already got money that's probably owed to you from other football clubs. There's a whole pile of a raft of, of of money coming into the football club. I just I just don't see Newcastle United in total spending seventy five million pound. I see we're going out and we might spend twenty five million pound on that player this year, and then then we might spend another twenty five million pound on it that goes to the to that fee the following year. Another twenty five. The, the year after that, that's the three-year contract. That's the way they amortise it. Um, 
it's it it to me it just doesn't sit right. It, you know, I mean, Craig Craig will have his sources. I'm sure. I'm sure he's been at a meeting somewhere where uh, you know it's been mentioned, and he's asked the question, and that's the response he's got from somebody at the club. But what it actually, when you drill down that 75 million, what does it get you? What is it? How is it spent? Um, what does it mean? Um, is it 75 million pound in 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 one transfer window? And obviously, like I say, you, you're going to be paying people Adam Finitum over the over the period of the contract, that four year contract. That could be a, a hundred million pound footballer. Twenty five million pound is going to cost you this year because you, you've got another seventy five million pound to spread that fee over the next four years. So potentially, you could have three one hundred million pound footballers coming in. That's your seventy five million gone, and they will get four year contract. So it's. It's it's an odd thing to come out with. Um, it it certainly will have grabbed the the you know got the column inches. It'll got the hits that are looking for. Um, but uh, I I just think we we don't need to we don't need to worry. Uh, I don't think we need to go and 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 concern ourselves. I think what we will be getting is we'll be getting quality, um, and we'll be paying what we think that player is 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 worth. Um, you know, I mean, I've seen James Madison this week. Everything from sixty million to thirty-five million, you know. Um, McAllister, we've seen a deal there at, at, at Liverpool. They paid thirty-five million, and apparently it's going to be fifty-five million um, with add-ons and things like that. It, it, nobody really knows how a, how a, a deal is structured. D- different clubs structure deals in different ways. So uh, we just sit back, we enjoy the summer. We'll see who comes in, and uh, we just have faith in Dan Ashworth and the and the rest of the team in in ensuring that who Eddie. How wants Eddie Howe gets and the players that were bring in fit into Eddie Howe's strategy. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks, Gregory. You can keep uh, you can keep him, mate. Uh, <laughs> Keith, seventy-five million pound, mate. It's um, it, it it is just a bit of clickbaiting. I think um, you know, Craig may well have his sources, but even he can't believe that Newcastle's only going to spend seventy-five million pound in this window. Um, I mean, if he's got his sources, I think it's HP and Hines because. Uh, <laughs> It's 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 horseshit. I don't care how good a person's sources are. The question I'd spin around is the other way: is if if Newcastle had finished in tenth position, where a lot of people had predicted, um, you would need to spend more money to climb the table to get towards Champions League. So, how much would they have spent if they finished tenth? Because they wouldn't have stopped buying. They wouldn't have had the window they did to keep us up, followed by the window, the January window to push on with, and then. You get that place which says, you know, you've got 60 million from your league position coming third. You've got a hell of an opportunity that if you do well in the Champions League, that there's another big payday coming. You've got 10 million off slave sponsorships, 25 million off shirt sponsorships. Um, you, you know, if, if the if the rumours are right, people are saying that a lot of the live golf deals were done by Murdad and Amanda and that uh, they'll be paid in a way that, um, that, that that enhances their investment into the club so they can invest more in the club and match PIFs. So so when you look at when you look at um what's going on at Newcastle, the only thing you're saying is more and more investment. And and quite honestly, PIF wouldn't tolerate 75 million. So I just think it's just a pie in the sky story. And and, and it might be that he's been asked to put that out to inverted commas take pressure off the spending. Because what I always find funny is where people say, how, how much how much have you got to spend? And any reporter that goes in and says, what's your budget? 
it's like if you're buying if you're buying something, you know, if you go into a if you go into a shop and, and someone says, Oh, what's your budget? It's like an insult to say how much money you've got. And and, and, and you know, I hear when people say things like that. I say you, you go into shop to buy what you want to buy. But when somebody's saying we're going to spend 75 million after coming third, uh, fourth in the league and getting into the Champions League, and with the, the kind of sponsorship that Silverstone's been brought in to deliver, it's just, it, 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 I find it disingenuous, to be fair, to, to fans because fans have stuck with it. They've pulled out for a cup final, they've pulled out for umpteen. You know, look, look at the attendance at the charity, at, at, uh, at the friendlies at the start of the season. I mean, that, them, them friendlies. And the kind of gates that a lot of prim, Premier League teams dream about, and when fans are turning up in them numbers, I mean, you know, the concert tonight, you know, sell out so that they put a second date on. Everything that goes to the club when the fans have been asked to deliver, the fans have delivered. So I don't believe the figures, and, and I don't believe PIF would be sat at the table playing with them kind of numbers. It might be difficult, it might be challenges like FFP, but but if anybody's going to show you um, how to dance with the top six. Or the so-called big six of old, it'll be PIF. They, they, you know, they've just gone into golf, and they've just paid people kind of money, like drool money, for for some of the golfers that weren't in the top three. They paid for golfers outside the top three and paid them the kind of money, like lifetime investment money, money that they haven't brought into football yet. But they did that. They got into golf. They did a deal with with the PGA, which wasn't supposed to happen. Nobody could have dreamt that that day would happen. But that's the nature of the base. That's the nature of what PIF are like. They haven't come here to be second. They've come here to, to, to sit at that top table. And you don't sit at the top table when Liverpool spend £50 million on a midfielder. And, and you know, you know, look what Man City's paying. But people are talking about, look at Chelsea, £600 million spend to come 12th. So, 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 you know, people need to get real. Newcastle have surpassed Chelsea and made that a mockery of what we spend, what they spend. But now is the time for Newcastle and PIF to deliver back the loyalty and the commitment the fans have given. And, and I'm sure they will. And I don't think that announcing the number is any good. But equally, I think it's quite insulting to, to, to read something like that. I mean, I read it and just thought, who, who, who gets off on making these things up? Because I, I honestly think... It's just it's just a cook up story. I've seen up to now. I've seen seventy five, one hundred, one hundred and fifty, and the the one thing is certain is none of them know, because no credible organisation tells you what they're going to spend when they're trying to buy players, because you don't want anybody knowing that the size of what you've got. But for me, for me, yes, we might sell players we don't want to sell, but if the likes of Osman come up at one hundred ten million, I think Newcastle will be at the table. I think I think I think Newcastle know that they, they, you know they need to. To get Newcastle need to bridge the gap that they felt this year between Arsenal and Man City. You know, they, 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 there was a gap between us and Arsenal. Um, and Man United's going to come again this year. Liverpool's going to improve. Chelsea's going to improve. Newcastle aren't joining this. Newcastle are not going to go in there in a budget that might take them out the top four. But mark my words, that's it. No businessman would do that. Nobody with you don't you don't become the richest uh, sovereign wealth fund in the world and then start. You know, setting up budgets that's the same as more akin to people joining the Premier League. I mean, you talk, you talk about get get qualification, Champions League, and then you're going to spend a third of what Nuts Forest spent last year. It's pure horseshit. I would, I wouldn't rise the bid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mitch, it, it's it's one of those things. A lot of people 
saying Craig's a really good journalist. You know, he usually doesn't. Yeah, he usually doesn't come out with this kind of stuff, Mitch. But some people say, some people are saying, is he is he doing it to help the club out? I mean, I, yeah, you you're, you're nodding away there, Mitch. I think he is, and I think there's a mix of all of the above in this. What everybody's just said, I think they're being very very careful with their words. Um, I think you might find we do spend seventy five million on one player. You know, in terms of cash down up front, while deals are amortised across the length of the contracts to the players that we spend, yep. and that seventy five million could become four hundred, yeah, very easily. Um, and and therefore we have this transfer window only spent seventy five million. But actually, we've done deals worth a hell of a lot more. Yep. And I think there's clever words in there. And I think it's to dampen expectations a little bit. It's it's to put a um, a little barrier up to other clubs who might want to try and have our trousers down. And Craig seems to become um, one of the more trusted journalists within the halls of St. James's Park. And why not use the people who you see as allies to do your favour. Um, does it dampen the expectations of the fan base? No, in fact, in some respects, it probably agitates some of the fan base and starts getting people's niggas in a twist a little bit. Um, I guess that's what we're here to do these days, is to try and help calm the calm the waves a little bit and put a little bit more sensible spin on it and let everybody see where everything is from a different angle. Um I don't believe we'll just spend seventy five million in this transfer window. <laughs> Not in a million years. That's um, rubbish, isn't it? It is. It is. It's absolutely it's it, it, Exactly, Keith. And and but do I think we may put seventy five million down in terms of cash on players that we bring in? Yeah, maybe. Mm. And okay. so, you know, you, it depends on you. All of these things are true. To quote a Star Wars line from from whatever your point of view is, and and I think you know the, the, these are the things which um, we've got to get savvy as as a club, as a fan base. We've got to understand that our our owners are getting savvy and savvier as the day goes by, and understanding how football works. Um, I think they're discovering that football can be a dirty business sometimes, and that's not always palatable to the Saudi. We're doing things, but at the same time, um, if if they learn quickly and they're good at getting it back the other way, then why not do it? I think your yeah. dad's right, Neil. Your dad said earlier at the start. George said, "You know, I'll I'll put my neck out and we'll spend two hundred. Uh, I think I think it's a safe bet. I think George is sitting on the fence, being very confident. And the reason I say that is that's what Notts Forest spent to stay up. So, yeah. you know, and and they're not by any means." You know the richest club in the world. So, so for me, that's that's you know I think I think that's the base level. But I don't think announcing you're going to spend two is going to do any good. Yeah. But you're right, Neil. I think they'll amortise the um, the seventy five. And when they, you know, I think I, I don't see them doing a Chelsea and doing seven year deals. But I think there will be five year deals. Five year deals, yeah. On some real top players, if yeah. you amortise if you amortise a hundred million, or, or, you know, you could get a hundred million pound player like an Ossimillion. And it'll be 20 million a year over five years. And if that's out, you're 75, you've still got 55 to go. Carry on, crack on, but don't forget, 
Todd Ferris spent 200 million to steal, Newcastle won't be spending 75 million this year. And that, <laughs> if they do, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, sit, I'll, I'll sit and eat grass with George on the, on the time. Board. <laughs> so the, the, the other thing is that the Forest owner is not even the richest Greek in the world, never mind, never mind football owner. Good point, <laughs> Yeah, Julie, you missed me singing. I'm very disappointed. You'll have to rewind and listen to it later on. Believe you me, I gave Sam Fender a run for his money. There is Julie, no Julie, if he brings a record out, it'll be in the shop that long, the whole will <laughs> <laughs> Um, Okay, I just want to talk about this, lads. Um, we, we, st- we did speak last week about people getting moved around the ground, etc. We know there's new corporate areas coming in. I think we all agree that, um, you know... It, it's part of progress that, that's going to have to take place at Newcastle. Again, it helps the financial side of things. Also makes it a, a nicer place to come for supporters as well, it has yeah. to be said. Uh, yeah. Michael J said, uh, what about the new hospitality, the rooftops? £7,000 uh, a person, uh, we're, we're led to believe, perched at the top of the famous Gallagher End, benefiting from one of the greatest atmospheres in British football and a city landscape view. Now, I've not seen anything official about this, lads, and I've, I don't know where these mock-ups have come from, but, you know, look... You know, if this is going to be something that is is going to happen at the ground, I'm, I, I've got to be honest. You know, I, I won't be able to afford that, uh, but it looks nice, and you know, it's the way forward. And Man City have you know these kind of rooms, these kind of hospitality suites, and you know, our our hospitality suites make no bones about it. If you've been in any of them at any time. A substandard. They're twenty yeah. years behind everybody else. Yeah. If you know, and, and and for me personally, to see Newcastle United finally getting a grip of this kind of thing, it's long overdue. And and I'm sure that the other bars, the terrace bar, I think I, I saw something about that getting like a bit of a refurb uh, as well over the summer. Well, great. You know, that's what you need to do. It, it needs to be customer friendly, and whether that's season ticket holders like ourselves going into a room where we'll get better service and it's in a nicer environment or whether it's people who want to entertain corporate clients and, and go in a, and spend a little bit more money then great stuff that's what you need because ultimately Newcastle are so far behind George what, what what's your view on on that I mean it's it's out of our well, price bracket George we might get invited as a guest one day by well, one of well, our it, well, it, pals well, it like is- Keith it, it is at the minute. I have a good authority. I'm about to win the lottery, so that would be all oh, right. Oh, well, that's great, George. You'll all, happy you'll, days. All, you'll all be able to come. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, I'm like you. I, I, I think um, all of that is is putting Newcastle United up on the top and up with up with the best, uh, where we haven't been, sadly. Um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but uh, even... Dare I say, 20, 30 years ago, Neil, when we used to go to the other place, uh, the, the hospitality places at the other place were miles ahead of anything we're seeing at St. Yeah. James's Park. And that, that really used to rankle me, you know, the fact that I was there as a, as, as a, um, a guest at, at one of these functions. And I was, uh, you know, um, looking at something which was better than, than, than what my club had. So I'm, I'm like you, I, I want to see all of that happen. I have one plea, whether it's at the Gallagher end or at the Lasers end or any other end. Please, if you're dealing with fans, treat them fairly, treat them with courtesy and, and, and kindness. For God's sake, get away from this Ashley, take it or leave it uh, 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 momentum that seems to be in the place occasionally. Let's let's get rid of that completely. And, and uh, until I do, 
um, it'll cause it'll cause more harm than good. But uh, I've got no no qualms about that if, it, if it's good and people want to use it. I mean, it, I always the, the good example I give is is what happened to Daniel and my friends. There used to be ten of us go to the match on a Saturday, right? Uh, before Ashley took over, we used to go and have our lunch in the in the night boy in ninety two. Have have the drinks. The lads would have the drinks at half time. They'd come out, would watch the afternoon game on the telly in by it in '92, while the lads had a, yet another drink. They'd have their tea. They'd have a burger or something like that. And I, we must have spent every Saturday, not hundreds, but a, a thousand plus pounds between were in that place. And then bang, Ashley came, and everything was uh, sent out and fight, uh, financed out, and it just went downhill. And the net result is, one by one, all of our mates just said, well, we'll come back when he's gone. And what we've got left, we've got two seats, mine and Neil's, <laughs> out, of all, out of the ten. And that's simply because people were treated treated like dirt, you know, and that, that talk um, that whatever they do, I'm, I'm for it. Let's go forward. Let's let's make Newcastle the best that is, and I'm sure that's what Piff wants, so that they can bring their friends as well. Let's face it: if they've they've got a, a team in in the UK that, that's winning winning titles and winning leagues, they're going to want to bring people from Saudi Arabia, and that's not that's not going to be done on a on a shoestring. So let's get it done, but please treat the people that are there now with uh, with kindness and courtesy, Steve. It looks great. Uh, Kevin, as Kevin put up there before, uh, it's between eight and nine grand a, a person. Uh, I think it's uh, seventeen thousand pound plus VAT uh, for 7, the season. Seventeen thousand plus VAT, right? Yeah, and obviously it's aimed at corporates who get the VAT money back. Uh, you know, um, it's it's the way things are going. What I'm, what I would say is that's an area of the ground that's already covered by corporate. Um, it's not an area where fans are going to lose their seats because of. Um, it looks like it's in located in what was the old Magpie restaurant uh, yeah. years ago, yeah. uh, if you remember, in that that little corner of the of the Gallagher end. Um, a lovely area. Um, I've been to a few meetings in there in the past. Sometimes the fans forum would meet there. Um, it's uh, it's got a great view of the ground. Uh, it it it's it's almost watching sort of a panoramic view because you're in the corner and it's spread, you know, right the way. Th- Right the way out. It's not like you're stuck behind a goal or anything. It's it's a it's a smashing view. The corporates will really enjoy it, and there's no question that the the sort of service they're going to get is going to be absolutely top notch, first class. Um, yes, this is the way things are going to go. Um, but I'm hoping that the club doesn't forget the uh, the real supporter, the, the 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 supporters who have been there through thick and thin. Um, you know, there, there's there's a place for everyone as long as we can all fit in. And I don't want us to think that, that some people are going to lose out because others are, are, are gaining an advantage um, you know, that, and, you know, areas are being taken away um, to fit in a different clientele. There's got to be, there's got to be a natural growth uh, at the football club. And I think that's where everybody's now very keen to see what they're going to do in terms of expansion. Um, because if they can expand the Gallagher end, that'll bring in more normal seats at reasonably priced, but it'll also give them the opportunity to create more of these corporate areas um, and, and more corporate boxes, etc. cetera. Um, and you're right, Steve. 
I, I would say, however, having been uh, down the road a couple of times this season, um, the ghost of Bob Murray does still lurk in the corridors at yeah. <laughs> the Stadium of Light. Um, it hasn't changed since it was built in 2000. Newcastle has modernised in such a way, and it's chalk and cheese between the two. But as you say, when you go to Man City um, or Tottenham and you see how corporate uh, has really, really expanded and exploded, if you like, in terms of, of the services that uh, that are provided, yes, Newcastle are behind the eight ball on that particular one. Um, and it, it, it's, it's good. It shows that the club's going places. And I think we mentioned it last week, um, the very fact that that this this area, the terrace ball that's been extended, that's potentially something that's had to be done to fit in and uh, provide a, a specific facility for UEFA because the rules have changed an awful lot since the, since 2003 when we were last in the Champions League. Um, if you want to have Champions League football, then you've got the, UEFA are expecting their officials to be looked after in in a in an amazing way because that's what that's what they've been used to. Um, so it's 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 all changed at St James's Park, and I'm sure there's going to be lots of development work done over the summer for the normal areas, the normal catering areas, whether it's in the Gallagher, the Leases, uh, the Milburn Stand, or potentially the East Stand as well, because uh, th- th- there's a whole package there that needs to be needs to be developed for for fans right across the age and right across the the price range. Keith, what's your take on Steve, this? Steve, sorry, and, and... Steve. Uh, one of the straps I just caught with me, me we had eyes. Somebody yeah. was talking about Tottenham, Tottenham having a Michelin star chef. At their oh yes, stadium. there is Tim Cairns. Well, yeah. yeah well, the, the Magpie Restaurant that Steve talked about had yeah. a Mich- Michelin star chef for years until Ashley came. Yeah, and then and then it all and went Lee down Burn, the pan. Yeah, I think it was Terry yeah. Leburn on that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Think, what's, think, what's your thoughts on this, Keith? I mean, would you would you be would you, you know would you pay that kind of money for a for a ticket for a part of the ground like that? No, um, I think I think if people don't want to pay that kind of money, I think they've got to accept that that kind of money that takes the club where it needs to be. So the average fan, those are numbers, and, and the fact it's plus fat, it, it tells you everything in that statement that, that it's it's targeting companies, and they, they'll get the bag back, and and it's not for. It's not targeting a person just going on his own. There might be some people, high net worth, that can afford that, or that's the only way to get in the ground. But I think it'll be people being invited from companies to go at the games to do that. I think that if you look at the show many moons ago, we covered it on, in, and you'll say, Matt, we, we, we got figures, accurate figures, and I know Chelsea's average fan spend per game is about £1,800. So for every single fan in the Chelsea ground, the average spend is £1,800. Newcastle's is under 250 And so so you're, you're sort of seven times smaller in that terms. And that's why when they talk about things like how do they spend on FFP, it comes to things like sponsorship. It comes to add the number of fans up times times the corporates. So it's, it's a necessary... To someone who can't afford it, it's a necessary evil, you might call it. But to the football club, going forward, I welcome it because that's what's going to need to put us in the legs of the, the Real Madrid, the Barcelonas and, and the Man Cities. That's that's the level we've got to get towards. And and in, in, in monetary terms, if you saw what we bring in for our shirt deals, ground deals and what we get on a Saturday every week compared to the other people that we've surpassed. I and mean, we've passed, we've completely passed 
um, this season, Liverpool and Chelsea, but their figures dwarf ours. And that's why they can go out. And, and you know, I've heard a rumour that, that, that you, you know, that's what was funny about that thing where they said Craig Hope said we'll spend 75 million. Next, next article I read was we're still in for Declan Rice. And when you hear when you hear about when you hear about Declan Rice, you hear that that how's frustrated because because the wages. I think Declan Rice, the, the, the rumours whether they're right or not is that is the Bruno's being offered two hundred thousand. Uh, that's that's the package he's been offered, which still puts him way beyond ours. But, but Declan Rice is supposed to be three plus. You know, people talking about three to three fifty, and and you'll only get them kind of players. You know, a lot of people say, oh, we should buy you, and people think it's a candy store, and you should buy him, her, and him. The reality is that you know the wages and things like that has got to be comparable, and and this is an area that Newcastle miss out on. <laughs> we all know they miss out on sponsorships. We've got a very very poor yield from player sales. So so when you look at the players that Chelsea sold, the players that Man City sold, um, they, they they when a player fails at their club, they still get a big return back. In the lesser clubs, lower clubs, when a player fails, you get next to an outback for them. That's that's the thing. But when you buy in the kind of squad people these are doing, and we need we need player sales to increase, we need these kind of hospitality areas to grow, and we need sponsorship to increase. And that's when we'll be in a position to keep on increasing our seventy-five million budget. Anthony says the Leasers is a Michelin star snack bar. The burgers taste like old tires. <laughs> I want to know how you know how they what they taste like. Uh, Mitch, it's look, it's the way of the world, isn't it? And and the little rant I had at the start of this little piece here is is it's just, you know, we do need this, you know, like you step you step in back in a time warp in some of these you know, some of these places in the ground. If we want to compete with the best, we have to compete with the best at all levels on and off the pitch. It's as simple as that. And and raising the corporate income, which is in some clubs a significant chunk of income, particularly places like Tottenham where they've got new build stadia, particularly at Arsenal. Arsenal took an advantage advantage of that before anybody else when the Emirates was built. You know, you look at what they take in on a match day per uh, per match day alone, a million pound plus first club to do that. Um, and corporate income's part of that. These tickets are seven thousand pound plus that, and you have to have a minimum minimum of four. You can't just buy one. Yeah, so you know you, you're talking significant investment in the club uh, for something that should be premium. And why why shouldn't we be able to deliver premium? As a city, we've grown up uh, over the last. 30, 40 years, and it's time to showcase that. And we're better to showcase that than it's in James's Park. If you look at, look at how the case site's grown and developed, where once there was, uh, if you wanted to get up to no good there with the places you go, and now you can't buy an apartment for less than half a million pounds. There's Michelin star restaurants and there's all sorts going on. That's how we've grown up as a city we are. And the club should be showcasing that, should be front and centre and showcasing that, the very best of what we can do. Um, it's part of progress. This development, at least, is not going to affect uh, fans or move fans or upset anybody who just want to go to the game with a season ticket. Um, and again, it comes back to the conundrum about what we're doing with expansion movement or what have you within the ground to take the most of the advantage of this. If we are going to be involved 
at the top te- top seat of European football year in year out on a regular basis. There's more of this to come, and we have to be showing um, a Champions League mindset at all levels of the club. And what an absolute uphill battle they've got with what they were left. And so for them to be able to do something like this in such short notice, I think, is quite um, deserves accolades, really, uh, more than anything else. And uh, I'm all for it because the more we see, it means we're doing it on the pitch as well. Yeah. You know what, guys? You, you do a quick calculation. You do eight and a half thousand pound a ticket. There's your seventeen grand. You stick twelve tickets in. That's one hundred and two grand. Now, to to big corporations, one hundred and two grand investment, uh, where they can they can entertain high end corporate guests, is minute in terms of the yeah. budget they've got. When they can bring fans and guests to a big game, they can bring them to a Liverpool, a Man City, you know. Uh, a Man United, an Arsenal, a Chelsea, a Tottenham, a, 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 an Inter Milan, uh, a Barcelona, a Madrid. When they can bring clients to games like that for a, for a, a, a period of, of time at Newcastle United, coming that's what that's what the big companies. And you'll find that those seats will be taken by companies that have also got seats at Arsenal and at Tottenham and at Man United. Big corporate clients. That's what that's the, that's that's what they're aiming for. And like I say, 12, 12 seats. That's f- three tables of four in an area like that. It's it's nothing to those corporations, uh, and that's that's who they're targeting. You know, the money's out there for them, so they might as well go out and get as much as they can. And is the key for me? And you mentioned it again, Mitch. It's not uprooting. The normal regular fan. It's something that is there. It's an addition, and there will be other. There'll be other areas of the ground that, that where they can accommodate in the future. And I'm sure they're looking at it. We discussed it ourselves. Um, you know, the, the one of the things I would do is if I was running Newcastle United now, I'd clear all the office staff out of Newcastle United, out of St James's Park, and I would be having a purpose-built office built on top of the the car park in the, in, in the top of the leases end there, you know, on the little two-story car park. I'd have an office block built on top. I'd have all the staff in there, and all that space it gives up would give would allow you to have more corporate areas and allow you to fill the director's box. That type of thing. That's the, that's what will be going on at Newcastle United in the in the in the future because that's where the real money is, and that'll allow us to have our tickets pitched at the right price. That's the other key to what goes yeah. on. When those commercial deals come in and they're selling somebody a ticket for seven grand or eight grand or ten grand uh, for a season, that's allowing them to then pitch the prices for the regular fan in the normal areas of the ground at the right level that we can afford. So it's it's a prick pro quo to balance an act and hopefully it's going to be done the correct way. Of course, the, the side issue for Newcastle United is that some of those co- corporate partners that have got the money, if they enjoy the experience, might want to be part of it. Yep. Might want to invest in the football club as well. So yep. it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword for me. Yep. They'll want their names somewhere other than on, the, yep. on a door. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now, Michael, here's this put a good number out. As you said there, if you compare Chelsea to 1,800 for the for the 40-odd thousand fans they've got, and you compare at Newcastle, it's a difference of 60-odd million a season. It's it's yeah. massive. You know, yeah. you, t- you know, you're talking about FFP, that's a huge figure. I mean, it's it's nearly our full budget, according to the press. 
Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, we've got about 25 minutes left, and it is time to make Keith laugh. So, the Beyonce concert the other week, uh, I did happen to mention it. Uh, Albus didn't wait to latch on, uh, did he? I'm a single hasty. I'm a single hasty. There he is. I'll be in touch. You look quite fetching, Steve. Not as fetching as this, mind. Here's a one for a lookalikes on Friday night of hasty. It's a two-legged dog. What is, what is that? A, that is a dog. Uh, <laughs> Ian Sutcliffe sent us this, a white cherry tree hasty from Japan. Oh, my God. Oh, dear. He says, hasty's branched out into flora and fauna now. <laughs> Excellent. The, the imaginations, dear me. I know. Just being for a pub lunch, hasty was in the beer garden, the little rascals, says Kaz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the dog. Even over the table, yeah. Yeah. Of course it is, Keith, man. Nature's amazing. Jack McCann says, look alike, but who could it be? Yeah. <laughs> Steve Hasty in the wind. <laughs> um, this one, uh, I can't remember who sent it, but uh, they said that has similarities to you. It's actually the well-preserved body of John Shaw Torrington. Um, Steve, well-preserved. Yeah. Looks like I... the lion from the bloody Wizard of Oz. I, he was mummified, wasn't he? He was frozen. There you, yeah. you read it. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that a hasty lookalike? That's a hasty lookalike, yeah. <laughs> a dead body. It's getting worse. Uh, this one was from Jules, a hasty family reunion. <laughs> uh, I must have met me sisters. <laughs> and Mr. Hasty in the Garden. Yeah. Do you want to get this copyrighted, Steve? Dougie yeah. Morris is uh, selling these. Definitely. And this one, uh, I, had no, I had no idea Steve Hasty had met the former president. Yeah. <laughs> Patterson dressed up as me, I think. <laughs> Yes, he look alike from Tom Dixon. Oh, Nixon. my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's the one on the top left? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It gets worse. This it one, uh, Chippers, here's the channel and he's in a pad butcher. Oh, God. <laughs> God almighty. God almighty. Steve. Ah, and chuck a llama in for good. <laughs> from German to a... That does look like you like Steve, that last one. Right? It doesn't, man. Well, Chip has says hasty on his false teeth. <laughs> that looks like his eye. <laughs> I'm sure we've had this one before, but we'll put it on again. From yeah, uh, yeah, even if we've had it before, you'll put it on again. <laughs> <you know. laughs> now then, hasty. Now then, now then. Well, that's all we just had on. Four faces of hasty yeah. too look like <laughs> It's just a cat. Some great ones, isn't there, this week? So a bit of variety. <laughs> and I'll pack a hasty out for a night stroll. Doesn't he look pretty, says Andrew. <laughs> Andrew, how weird. And uh, Andrew Gall says, don't think Steve Hasty like being filmed here at the top. And then he sent a, a doubler in. Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger from the movie Twins. Jordan, Jordan <laughs> Liam. Jordan Liam. Liam. <laughs> And Jimmy Wilson says, hasty with his birthday cake, 112. <laughs> Felt like that this week, I tell you. <laughs> and back time and bite time for hasty, says Albert. Yeah. Jesus. Albert, man, who, who puts me. a dressing gown and towel on a dog like that? Albert. Albert. <laughs> Steve Hasty's got a double. He looks like he's passing wind. <laughs> Be the judge of that. Steve and his car from Darren Morgan. <laughs> Darren. Darren. 
Away, man. And Toon Boy, Saturday night, hasty. <laughs> Sunday morning, hasty. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can vote for that one. <laughs> and the last one for Steve for this week. Is it me or is Axel Rose turning into Steve Hasty? No, oh, Steve Hasty's turning Axel Rose, I think. That's brilliant, isn't it? That is very good. Hey, the, the, the way I with Davy last week, and I had to do a double take from some of the pictures, you know. Did what? you? Did it look like Hasty? Uh, Unbelievable. All right, uh, Tony Mowbray and this dude on Jeremy Kyle. Very good, that like. Yeah. That is. I high. mean, I know the hair isn't right, but look at the face. Yeah, just excellent. Be, that. Really good. What happens when you spend too long on Wearside? Definitely. Yeah. Couple of Tom Dixon uh, lookalikes here. Dida and Mbappe. Yeah, I like to see that. That's pretty good. Modric and Cruyff. Yeah, we've never had that before. Nah, that's, that's pretty that's good, good. That. Yeah. And Kaka and Felix. Excellent. Yes. That. Yes. Three good ones, Tom. Vote of approval there. Yeah. Uh, Ten Hag getting his transfer budget off the Glazers. <laughs> and Stu Penman's finally gone full pink, says Chad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'd be raging when he's. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dominic Sabozlai and Fabian Cher. I hope he lines up next to him. That is spooky, that. That's excellent, by the way, Jimmy. Yeah. Not, yeah. The winner, not the winner this week. Um, this one from Declan Rice and Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this one was fantastic. Oh, from Michael. Clever. Clever. Fab. Fab. Nothing compares. Nothing compares to Stu. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting hammered this week. He is. And here's oh. Keith from Albert. Well, okay. <laughs> Ronnie Cray on the right doing a bit of training at Roker Park for charity. Yeah, dear me. That's very good. That is. And the kid from The Omen and Boris Johnson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from Rocky. <laughs> David Beckham and he's lookalike. <laughs> 20 grand to look like that. Yeah, Honestly, wow, no 14 grand in debt. And oh my god, Ronnie Corbett is Adam Hunt and Ronnie Barker is Buster Blood Vessel. That's very good, brilliant. <laughs> good luck, likes. The winner this week, Russell Crowe and Roy Keane from Toon <laughs> Cheers, Daz. Keep them lookalikes coming, always love them, especially very the dogs and the animals. Yeah, just says with wage demands also said to be excessive and beyond what Newcastle are willing to pay. Should we, in particular, be looking at players who've seen their clubs relegated this season, Mitch? No, because if you buy two players that have been relegated, you end up with a squad full of players who've been relegated, and you get relegated. It's as simple as that. Uh, I think there are bargains to be had there potentially, but if that's all the shopping would do, I'll be I'll be concerned. Because they've proved that they're not enough as a group to um, stay in the Premier League. Although I think there was some curious things going on at Leicester, who played like played like a team who never believed they were really in trouble when they were. Um, Southampton proved they could fight, but only when it was way too late. 
Um, and again, in, in Leeds, well, Leeds were just a mess most of the season on and off the pitch. And, yeah. and so you, you, the one relegated player I look at, if it's true that Rodrigo at Leeds has got a release clause of relegation at three million, we'd be daft not to trigger that. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I yeah. think that's that's an absolute punt I'd take all day long because I've seen enough of the kid that when he was fit, he looked dangerous and he looked like he knew where the back of the net was. Yeah. And at three million pounds, you'll not get value like that anywhere else if that's true that he's got that in his contract. But other than that, some of them not really convinced about it. Looks like Southampton are wanting silly money for Ward Pros. Um, the young lad Lavia there looked like he could be a handful and, and had the right kind of engine that I liked. Um, Leicester will talk about their players. The one the one of their their players I actually like is Barnes rather than Madison personally because um, I think there's more potential to develop him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think we get very obsessed about looking at relegated players and yes, there might be some value there. But if you buy too many of them, you end up with a team full of players who'll be relegated from the Premier League, and that doesn't bode well. Breaking news from Neil Calvert there as well. He says it's breaking news on Sky. PSG president is the man behind Man United takeover. He's also in charge of Qatar's sports group. Mitch, give yourself a pat on the back for telling us weeks ago he was a fraud. Mate, there was something stunk about the whole thing in in the the last move this week of saying. This is our final, final, last ever, cross me heart, hope to die, never tell another lie, bid. And if we don't hear anything back by Friday or we're out, is their way of getting out of the situation with their head held high, in their opinion. Now, we did the best we could to make this happen, and they didn't want to engage with us, so we have walked away from the table. And they saved their own little face from that. 9-2 Foundation was always an invention. It, it, you can look at how it was, when it was first mentioned, when the special purchase vehicle was incorporated, look at the names on that special purchase vehicle. If they don't make you shudder from a football perspective or political perspective, they should. Um, and that there was always more to this than met the eye. Um, it had been Zayed group feels all over it, and then so it was just BZG on steroids. And and if it is very, if it is true that um, he's been involved in the negotiations this week, that then quite rightly, other clubs are saying, right, where's this money really coming from, and what the hell is going on? It always felt like a stalking horse bid that suited Qatar to run with, because they would get information. And the information they would get is what's the difficult questions we're going to be asked and when are they going to be asked in the process. Um, bear in mind they've got nowhere near a, near a, a fit and proper persons or a director's test yet. This is all on the basis of different pieces of information that they've been able to hand over that anybody could hand over if you had the right connections and the right ability to do so. And therefore, um, at best, it was always a stalking horse bid encouraged by rain to make Ratcliffe up his bid because he was the preferred bidder that would kept keep everybody happy. Um, however, it turns out it probably won't keep the Man United fans happy. And while a football club in Paris are in turmoil, 
it gives it takes it deflects an awful lot away from what's happening there and throws an awful lot of shade at Man United, who let's face it, are what they consider their only real competitor. That's the other added little thing. Yeah. With Man United now back in the Champions League. So there's there's I think there's politics at play there, Mitch. Football politics. Um, I think there's there's an awful lot, as you say, that, that uh, going on than meets the eye. And I think now, I think, let's face it, the, the Man United deal, now that this has come out, is probably going to carry on for another four or five or six months. And that's just going to disrupt and, and upset the Man United fans who don't want Radcliffe because they don't want the Glazers to be part of anything. And it looks like the Radcliffe deal is only 51% and still allows the Glazer family in its entirety to remain. And there's a question mark about their B shares as well. So it's a, it's a, it, it's a walk and disaster area, but I think it's all been planned this way by certain yes. people. Agreed. Okay. Question about aforementioned contract roll-ons. How does it affect the next Windows available amounts, Keith? One, one for you, mate. If you get a contract to on an Osserman and you paid twenty million per year, that would roll on, and people might say, "Well, if you get in, like in Neil's calculation, suppose you got uh, five players a year amortised over the over the five years, you could have a hundred million one that would take twenty million per year. You could have a seventy-five million that would take fifteen, and so on. So the question the guy's asking is the obvious one: is if you buy them players, what happens next year? Yes, seventy-five million does come out of your allowance next year. But by next year, you'll have greater revenues, greater sponsorships, greater money, greater turnovers, all this corporate money coming in. So your budget, if 75 was ever your, 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 your figure, if there was any ever truth in that, your figure next year would be 150. So you'd have them signings again for the next year. So don't worry about it. I mean, the main thing is, is, is in, term, in, a, in, a, in an ordinary football fan's brain, words, what we're going to spend this year, just remember, not for us to spend 200 to steal up. Um, and so, so put that in perspective. You, you can safely assume Newcastle spend more than that this year, and they'll spend more than that next year and the year after and the year after. It'll just it'll rise rather than fall or rather than be checked. Okay, uh, black socks make you look sluggish when running white socks. The opposite says Trap and Miguel just talking about the strips. Uh, Fabrizio Romano reporting that Sheikh Jassim bid has been accepted. Um, don't believe everything you read on Twitter, is my uh, advice, Paul. Um, leave the Glazers in charge, seems to be the uh, the feeling amongst everybody on our uh, platform today, anyway. Uh, okay, we've got uh, seven or eight minutes left of the show. Uh, I'm going to get the lads' predictions for the uh, Champions League final in a moment, but uh, I do want to play that lovely music. <laughs> The day I met where we ask you to send in photographs of you meeting different people from uh, Newcastle United's past or present. And uh, a wonderful photo from Andy Embleton, one of our regulars and a regular in the bars, uh, pre-match and post-match. The day I met, uh, hi Steve, hope you're well. I met the one and only Amanda Stavely on the train north. 
What a lovely lady. And a lovely photo, Andy. Thanks for your support, mate. Um, good luck winning the raffle next season, mate, is what I've got to say. If you've got a photograph of you meeting uh, anybody uh, who's remotely connected with Newcastle United, then send them in to me and I'll feature you on the show. <laughs> Okay, George, Champions League final uh, tomorrow night and it's uh, a big chance for Manchester City to clinch a treble, become the second team to do it following in the uh, the footsteps of their neighbours, Manchester United. So, George, what's your, what's your view? What's your prediction for tomorrow? Can Manchester City do it? It'll be an interesting game when you've got a team like uh, uh, Milan who's uh, skilled at defending is the best way to describe them uh, and attacking on the break. And you've got an all-out football team like Manchester City. I'm hoping for an excellent football game. Uh, but I still think at the end of the day, City will just have too much for them and win 2-1. Yeah. John says, KP must be sponsored by Castoria for this fashion show. Uh, I tell you what, when I was playing the music for the day I met, I saw something I didn't want to see, mate, honestly. Um, <laughs> Steve, your prediction for the tomorrow night's game? Uh, you know, I, I think I think City have got too much for them. I think, uh, you know, I watched I watched Milan when they, in the semi final, and I thought they played okay, um, but I thought City were just outstanding in their semi final, and I can't see that being any different. I, again, you watched them watched them in the cup last week. Um, you know, I mean, fastest goal ever in the cup final. Um, Steamroll at Man United. Um, I, I I think they're just far too strong. I know that you know if you're a Milan fan, an Inter fan. Sorry, you shouldn't call them Milan. If you're if you're an international fan, then you're, you're hoping that Jekyll can do the business. You're hoping that that you can you can get exactly the same out of out of Lukaku and Mkhitaryan and people like that. But I think City have just got too much for them. I really do. I think that. I think that right across the pitch, and it, it, no matter what style of football City want to play, how he lays them out, um, you know that there's it's going to be a four-four-two or a four-three-three from the opposition, and City are just so flexible with the with this crazy formation that uh, that Guardiola's putting out at the moment. Uh, it's so fluid. The players are just you know so confident and so aware of it. And I can only see this going one way, and I think I think we'll end up very similar to the cup final. I think it'll be three one, Man City. Okay, Keith. You just got too much for them. I think um, got too many good players, and uh, you know you expected all to come from Haaland, but it's come from other players. Grealish has become a player. Uh, Gundogan and them are just playing out the skins. I think it'll be. I think I think, I think there's a goal in in Milan. I think they've got some. Proper players, I think Man City yeah. will concede, but I, but it's I, I, usually I think it'll be four-one, and I think for a Champions League final, that's a bizarre score. Really, you you, you never expect it to be that wide open, but I genuinely think it'll be four-one. Um, and I've I've my knocks on my door because I'm in Newcastle Hotel to go and see something, so I've been told I've got to get out the room quick. So now I'm now in. now okay, Keith. take care, man. enjoy the game, mate. Take care, everybody. Take care, enjoy it. Bye.
Mitch? I think we'll see the most one-sided Champions League final we've seen for a long time. Um, if you rattle off the list of players that we just named before, Jekyll was Man City's answer three years ago. You know, and, and I think the, the, if Man City get off to the start that they got off to in the, the cup final against Man United, I, I think you could see the most one-sided Champions League final you've, you've seen in a long, long time. Um, I think they have the ability, the desire and and the will to absolutely smash in there. And, and I don't say that lightly. Um, I think they've, they've got um, everything new. Everything has come together for them beautifully. Uh, to the way the draw worked out, the two Milan teams facing each other in the other semi-final, um, both have been relatively ordinary this season in terms of what you would have, in your mind's eye, think in, in Milan. Um, and, and, it, and it's why I look at us going into the Champions League next season and think, well, do you know what? We've got nothing to lose and nothing to fear. Because um, we we've proved we can go toe-to-toe with Man City. We've done it. Yeah. One of the few teams that has. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think it has that potential. Um, the one thing in, uh, in to have is experience in droves over the top of Man City. Um, so they may be able to lock it down and make it a tight game if they can keep it tight for the first 20 minutes. Um, but I just can't see past City. I think what they do in terms of formation, in terms of creativity, um, I think uh, should be able to see Inter off very comfortably, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think prediction from the Mitch, what do you reckon? 4 0, Man City. All right. I think Benny, you're right. He says, unless Pep overthinks it, it makes some weird tactical change for the final, as he has been prone to do before. Yeah, this mm. is a this is a final he really wants to win with Manchester City. I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna go three two. I think there'll be some goals in it. Um, so I'm gonna go three two. But I do think Manchester City uh, will win. Okay. As always, uh, we finish off with this. Now, not what you would expect. NUFC corner, the professionals, vomit. Are you deluded wannabe? He's still churning out this and trying to be relevant. Embarrassing. <laughs> yes, not just me, Mitch. Not just me. me. Oh. <laughs> I think I'm Kind of tweet that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> needless, needless to say, he's blocked. Um, yeah. and then time, uh, block times four. Block times four, yes, 100%. Uh, great show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. If you're going to the Sam Fender gig, enjoy yourselves. Uh, and uh, just have a great weekend. Let's hope we'll get a bit, a bit of sunshine. But uh, we will be back tomorrow morning, half past nine. George, are you free at half past nine in the morning to join me and Stu for the professionals? Um. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm getting picked up in the morning to go out, unfortunately. Wait, George, you can't have a social life when you're doing podcasts, mate. No, I know, but uh, uh, Shelly, my friend, Shelly's coming to take us out for me breakfast in the morning. So, okay, we don't need to know anymore, George. We'll move on <laughs> swiftly. Uh, me and Stu will be back for a good old chat in the morning, half past nine. And then on a Sunday, we have Lee Clark. Uh, you asked for players coming back onto the channel. 
through the summer, uh, where me and Lee Clark will be uh, chewing the fat uh, on Sunday. Uh, so you've got something to look forward to. Set a reminder for that one and make sure, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please do. But for now, have a great weekend, guys. Take care. Cheers, Take everyone. Night, everybody. Ta-da. We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or... You can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today.